Welcome to Fit Facts Online Cut the Poll. Our tagline speaks for itself. Your roadmap to facts versus poll. We think about it often and shake our heads. Now is the time to grab the bull by its horns. Let's do this together. Our pulpit meter is ready to go. We are back with Raul Arcos. Now we're going to talk to Coach Arcos. Hello. <laughs> putting the coaching hat on. Yeah, putting the coaching hat on. I think uh, your, main, uh, your main reason for this was you always felt like you have a lot of experience that you could help others. Yes, and uh, you know, I always am the student, so I'm still learning, and I always want right. to continue to learn. So if I don't know the question to, or if I don't know the answer to a question, then I typically go ask around from other coaches who are my mentors, right? And uh, look online to see what people have to say. I also understand you have your own uh, running. Uh, is it a club? Yeah, coaching service. Coaching yeah. service, yeah. yeah. And it's as uh, Coach Arcus, right? Yeah, it's the Running Lobos. It's the Running Lobos. Yeah. Wanna tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so I started the Running Lobos just to feel more of, you know, as a family and making sure that, you know, everyone felt welcome and anyone who wanted to optimize their training. So that's where the Running Lobos came from, making mm -hmm. sure that, you know. So it's not only a performance club. No, okay. it, anyone who wants to run a mile, anyone who wants to run a marathon. Yeah, you know, and if it's your first day running versus, you know, your 50th year running, yeah. you know, I take anyone in any way. So it's important to, to uh, mention that because there's going to be a lot of listeners to say, well, I would love to join that, but obviously I'm not uh, qualified for that kind of type of uh, uh, outfit or formation, you know, so it's great yeah. that you offer that as well. Uh, the reason I'm advertising this is, which I, which I usually don't do. It's because I believe in 100% what you do. And uh, not only do you know what you're talking about, you actually really put it out there and prove it to people. Say, listen, that's I'm applying this to myself. Now I have the experience because I've done it. I've won. I ran on the front. I know okay. what to do, what not to do. You probably had some moments when you also failed and you learned from that. Oh, yeah. So I think that's what you're passing on as a coach. Yeah, yeah. Using my experiences and then... Getting to know the athlete. That's Which what I, makes you really different. Yeah. Getting yeah. to know the athlete on a personal level and making sure that I understand where they're coming from in the running world. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to know their PRs. You know, tell me a little bit how you started running. Um, you know, and I do have in-person live sessions with the athletes. So Tuesdays I go out to the track. Thursdays we meet in Santa Monica. And then Saturdays we, we change the location. So we'll meet, you know, just to change the scenery for long runs. So you can get the one-on-one -on -one coaching with me and making sure that, you know, we get the, make this experience the best as possible. What happens if somebody listens to that and really likes what you're all about, but is not really from LA? Is there a way I can hook up with you? And uh, yeah, I do remote coaching as remote well. Remote coaching. Yeah. 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 So it's a uh, coach.raularcos at gmail.com if you are interested in, in applying and yeah, we'll get things underway and get you or find you a race and get you going with the training plan. Custom training plan. Custom training plan, yeah. yeah. Because you understand that uh, you are a firm believer that whatever works for you, that the same thing doesn't work for anybody the same way. Correct, yeah. yeah. And that's the... Yeah, and it's, it's going to be, you know, experimenting what works for everyone. So um, from there, it's just really, like I said, getting to know the athlete and knowing the background, what are the PRs, and then from there we can gauge off, you know, finding a race typically a half marathon if they're training for a marathon 
and then seeing where they are fitness wise to see if we can increase the paces or you know there's going to be days where you know you something comes up and you can't do a workout so you want to make sure that you know you change everything as possible and make it as smooth as possible for the athlete let's make this an educational part now for our listeners to get into it and uh, i have a list here and it's part of uh what you actually can share mm -hmm. also what you do with your service when somebody sees you in person but we also can make a difference with somebody in the middle of nowhere in uh, brazil sitting mm -hmm. there listening to it and say wow okay i got that so it's really cool i have a list here but i got a few things already in my head i know i don't need a list for for example the, f the first question i have that since i uh, specialize in body mechanics how important do you think track training would be as a coach for a, a long somebody training for a long distance run it comes it's very important i think it's really important because um you know you've got to work on your turnover you know if it if it is coming down to a kick you know between mm -hmm. you and maybe two or three other people down the straightaway you know you want to make sure that you have that that quick twitch speed to to finish strong and you know obviously beat the the competition Okay, another one. I don't need to look at my list. Um, that's something I have experience with uh, by just, like I said, working with runners. Dealing with a lot of people that come in with shin splints, uh, runners' knees, uh, plantar fasciitis, anything like this. Mm -hmm. So I could uh, already have told them how they got there. You know, the cause of a symptom sometimes is more important than the symptom. As a coach, a beginning runner is really wanting to look into long distance who comes up with some type of a symptom that uh, could lead into shin splints or a runner's knee. You talk to them or what, 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 where do you take it from there? Yeah, usually when someone is either beginning, then obviously we want to find out where it's coming from. Right. And then based off where it's coming from, then it's okay, this could be a possibility. You know, uh, I'm not an expert, but it, it could be, you know, this is what we got to do. Maybe, you know, start doing more turf runs or grass runs, mm -hmm. dirt runs and you know stay off the hard surfaces and then from there if it's not getting any better um you know give them exercises as well during that time to mm -hmm. see if they can strengthen that certain area right. while icing it after the workout as well making okay. sure that we're giving it every possible uh, outcome to making sure it's getting better and right. then from there if it's not getting better or if it gets worse then okay maybe we take some time off but if it's if it's just there maybe we just go into elliptical training to making sure that they still don't lose the fitness and still putting in work without putting the pressure on the joints. The impact and everything, yeah. correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned something about uh, uh, turf. Uh, uh, the impact zone itself, there's a, you see a difference between asphalt, uh, concrete, and uh, turf, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. On the track. Yeah. I, I typically tell, like, usually, like, my first-year runners or beginners that have never done anything, I usually start them on the turf, soft grass, dirt and then from there once they build up that strength maybe a month into the training then i was okay let's test the waters with the track you know or the streets then from there see how they react to it and then if they say coach i feel fine then from there i'm like okay now you're ready for like the harder stuff and increase the paces increase the mileage and go from there okay as a coach do you have uh a certain standard that you would tell people, let's say somebody would contact you from uh, somewhere in Spain mm -hmm. and uh, you know there's no way they can uh, see you. Do you recommend that uh, to the individual that they should train by themselves or do you say it's much better to find a group? It's 
easier to find someone who you can run with, you know, because then it keeps your accountability. Okay. And you're, it, it's just so much easier to work with someone because mm-hmm. once you have someone who is the same speed or the same, you know, fitness as you, then you can, you know, work together and making sure that you optimize your training through the training. Or, Which is probably the reason <laughs> why running clubs are becoming yeah. so popular, right? Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. I mean, if you train by yourself, then you got to have the self-discipline to get out the door every day. Because that's always one of the toughest things that, you know, you go through. Because you're like, oh, okay, I don't have to meet anyone. I can do it later, you know. But once you get on those shoes and get out the door and you're self-disciplined, it, you, you feel so much better. You feel like you accomplished something in a day. Yeah, I agree. That's good. So let's start with uh, another topic here and see where it takes us. The time goal. What, what do you think from 1 to 10 being fact and being... Uh, yeah, it's not that true that uh, uh, being realistic with your time goal has a lot to do with how successful you can be by finishing a race right. I think that's a solid one. Yeah. You know, if it's a fact, you know, you got to really take in consideration if you've never done something before and, you know, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to go after two hours and 30 minutes, why not say, I just want to finish the marathon? Finish the marathon, that should be your primary goal. Trying to qualify, let's say, for, if you want to qualify for Boston, mm-hmm. You don't have a choice, but that is your time goal, right? Yeah. Now, it, again, it uh, has to be a realistic that only you know. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, as a coach, I usually sit down, or like I said, I get to know them as an athlete. And then from there, it's okay, what are your PRs? Now, if you say yeah. uh, the qualifying time for a female is a 335, you know, for a certain age group. Mm-hmm. Then from there, it's just, okay, what is your PR? Okay, it's uh, actually a 348. Okay, let's let's see if we can get your half faster, and then based off your half, we'll go from yeah, there. Yeah, you're see. giving it a you. That's the sensible way of building it up. Right? Yeah, building Without it up. Going crazy. You know, instead of uh, and that's actually what I did with my first uh, female marathoner, is uh, she never ran a marathon in her life. Uh, she's ran halves, and then she she's like, I just want to break four, you know. Yeah. So, okay, so I I, you know. Gave her the training plan with the paces and the workouts and everything. And um, come to find out, I'm like, okay, she wants to break four. So I went like 355 or 359. And then she had a chart for 355. In her warm-ups, she was going at a good pace. I'm like, okay, she looks really good. Her form's really well. And then come to the workouts, I'm just like, okay, she is looking like she's like literally speed walking right now. Yeah. You know, so... You know, as a coach, I was like, okay, how did that feel? I was like, that feels easy. I'm like, okay, well, it looks like your warm-up was a lot faster than your actual workout. So then I increased the paces to see if that would help. And I did. And she's like, okay, that was more of a challenge. But then when she ran her first half under, you know, my training, she went from a 147 to a 139. Okay. So then that gave me a better idea where she has fitness-wise. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, okay... If she can run this, she can definitely run a Boston qualifier. Yeah. Didn't tell her at all. You know, I I changed the paces. I'm like, hey, this is your new chart. This is your new pace for workouts. And But you use common sense to yeah. lead somebody into a, a goal that uh, you helped that person with that goal without being uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Have you ever had the situation when somebody walked up to you and uh, told you about uh, their goal and you just thought... Are you, yeah, are you, you gotta, crazy? You gotta, you gotta have those uncomfortable conversations with the athletes yeah. because it's right. like if you're just like, oh yeah, I can get you down to a, 
you know, from a four-hour marathon to a three-hour marathon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's like, no, you have to be because realistic. Because I have to tell you that uh, uh, when I work uh, with one-on-ones on uh, body mechanics, mm-hmm. I had a lot of times people coming in. That's what I want, and that's how much time I have. And that's how much time, I, uh, that how much money I have to spend. And uh, right mm-hmm. there, I say, uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen and overnight. I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really honest, and anybody who ever worked with me knows that. That I tell everybody, said, trust me, I could use the money right now, mm-hmm. but I can't just tell you something, take your money, and not be able to give you something you asked me because then I look like a jackass afterwards. And it's the yeah. same thing for that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather tell you the truth, you know, and yeah. said, you know, it, I can't do this in uh, four weeks. What are you asking me? You have no core whatsoever. Do you think I'm going to be able to fire up your core so it's completely functional in three weeks? It's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. That's wishful thinking. Yeah. And I just tell him, I said, I need you for uh, three months, and that's how much it's going to cost you. And uh, let's do this right. Yeah. And uh, yes or no. The same thing I think applies for running, right? Oh, yeah, it does. I mean, there's a saying like this saying that it usually takes about three weeks to get back into the running and yeah. then another three weeks to get in a certain shape. And then after that, you just see how much you want to Also makes you a, a good coach mm-hmm. by saying, you know, that's that's unrealistic. It, that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. so respect you for that. You know, yeah. that's the way it is. You're reading this here? Yeah. I think it's a big one. I have I've tra- I went into that trap myself at a 10k before. I think I spoke to you about it. I was so excited uh, being on the front and just cranked it and at the 550 or whatever ridiculous first <laughs> mile. Stopped at a mile and a half with side stitches. Yeah. But uh, uh, slow down at the start is. Uh, does it depend how uh, long the race is? course it does it does yes because i mean if it's a mile race every every event that you do every race that you do it always has it's it's like where you got to make your move mm-hmm. you know uh for the mile usually after the t- first two laps you know people on the third lap tend to save their energy for the last lap like no that's the crucial point on the third lap you gotta start putting right. that surge yeah. and making some moves to get yourself in a better position for the last lap, you know, and then from there for the marathon, it doesn't start until mile 20. The race starts, doesn't start until mile 20. So from there, it's just like, okay, what you got on the last 6.2 miles? So starting from, you know, starting slower at the start, that sounded weird. Right. (laughs) But, um, but so basically it's safe to say what we have here, uh, slow down at the start. Yeah. I I get it. Excitement, Mm -hmm. you know, adrenaline kicks in, but you got to really be smart. Uh, what are you racing? What kind of races? Is it a half marathon, 5K, 10K? And uh, never just fly out and then lose it after about two miles. And then, you know, then you just you yeah. shut down. I tell my athletes, you know, let the first couple reps of a workout, the first couple miles right. of a race, let them be your icebreakers. Then from there, you can gauge on, okay, do I need to increase the pace for the next rep or the next mile? And really find your rhythm. You know, and then if you go out too fast, then you know, okay, I can slow it down because it's a long race. Train more at race pace. I think you and I had the conversation before. What would, what do you tell your students? Well, I there's certain workouts that they do that is at race pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's certain workouts that is faster than race pace. So then they have that that turnover, you know. When, for what I like you that, do, yeah. When you do race pace, then it's feeling easier. Correct, yeah. For you. So then, you know, I have various where, various workouts where it's just like, okay, I do four 200s with 30-second rest at mile pace. Then 1,000 meters at marathon pace. 
uh, with a minute 30 rest and then uh, 800 at 5k pace. So it's, it's all playing with the different paces and the, you know, the rests, the recoveries and making sure that they confuse the body. But then when it comes to race time, they know exactly what race pace feels like. So, exactly. And, and again, that it helps to have a coach because he can help you with. Yeah. This, and you, uh, you can't go race pace every like long run. Right. It's like you got to let the body get used to it first. So then I have typically my athletes go like 85, 90% of marathon pace. And then from there, we'll have like maybe uh, a workout of a long run with, you know, four miles at 85, 90, then four miles at one minute on, two minutes and 30 seconds easy, and then four miles at marathon pace. You know, before I get into the next part here, what you see on my screen, uh, there's something I remembered I was going to ask you. I think our, our listeners really would like to know. So many different running groups, uh, especially LA, you know, I'm not mentioning names, they, they specialize in training you for a marathon. Mm -hmm. I think they specialize training you for the LA marathon. They have those running uh, organizations also in other cities. Um, when I pay attention to some of the runners coming in from, for recovery, I, I hear so many different uh, long runs. Uh, when they come in and say, yeah, we just did our long run today. Some uh, groups choose 20, some use actually 28, mm -hmm. some use 24. What is your take on that? Uh, usually I build my athletes up. I like to build my athletes, you know, from the first couple of weeks, making sure that they get used to running and then build them up to the longer mileage. Right. But before a race, what is your, what is the longest run you let them, uh, you make them run? 23. 23. Okay. Yeah. So yours is 23. That's like is there any particular reason you use 23? Uh, well, it's 23 at what their time goal is. It's just so they know what it feels like to be out there for that long. And mm -hmm. then, so it's not actual race pace, but Got it's it. actually slower. So then you actually know how to be out there for that long. And it's usually the, that's their peak week. There was actually an article I saw and it mentioned that uh, run, having them run 28 to 29 miles is very beneficial because it takes them over to 26.2. Mm -hmm. And then when they actually run the 26.2, it's like, oh, I, that, that, I'm already here. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, some coaches' philosophies yeah. have, you know, they use that. Uh, I typically don't. Um, if you're into the more of the elite training, then I would possibly tell you, okay, this is what you got to do. And it's a little bit more difficult and more mileage. And you're going to have to do a double run. Then, you know, that could be a possibility. But if it's like someone who's just starting off or, you know, they've been, you know, the average um, workouts, then from there just be like, okay, what, what can we do to, to, to make sure that we get the best outcome for you? Okay. Um, hydration. Very important. Very important. Yeah. Now, <laughs> big word though, before a race, you have to hydrate well before a race. Yeah. I, I tell my athletes at least like if they haven't been hydrating two days out, they got to start hydrating two right. days out before race day, uh, sleeping well two days out before race day. Um, usually half your body weight in ounces and a little more. Okay. Um, therefore, it's just because we exert so much energy so much sweat that you you want to make sure you're hydrating properly is any recommendation you think it's don't start uh tanking up too much of those drinks like every mile you stop and uh from your own personal experience and what you would tell your runners yeah well usually i have my athletes simulate what they're gonna 
like once they start getting to the longer mileage, mm-hmm. so like 20, 18 milers, I have them bring their, their fuel to making sure that they find what works for them. You know, um, you know, if so-and-so say, I need my bottle at mile four, then I'll be there for mile four. Yeah. Then from there, it's just like, I need it at eight, 12, 16. Got it. You got to find out what works for you. And then based off that, if it doesn't work at mile four, maybe start at mile six to see if you took too much too soon. You know, 6, 12, 18, or wherever you feel like you need it the most. Because once your body starts asking for, like, hydration or fuel, then your body's in trouble in the race. Yeah. You know, it's too late for the body to recover. So you want to make sure you stay on top of the hydration and making sure that you don't have any hiccups See, during the race. That's why I think that anybody listening on the outside, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, that you benefit f- just from listening to this. Yeah. Even if you don't have the... The possibility of, of joining a club or, you know, be lucky enough to be in L.A. and, like, join your group. So mm-hmm. that's the cool thing. Uh, I think we are making a huge difference here. Choosing the right event, we had a discussion about that. Yeah. Makes, totally makes sense, you know, about uh, how flat is it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it makes a big difference because once you find uh, that perfect race, then it goes a long way. You right. want to make sure that you find that race that will help you get that PR. I mean, I ran my best time on a rolling downhill course and that made a big difference. Um, From there, it was just more of, you know, okay, now that I'm chasing this time, um, I've ran, you know, a couple races where there was no crowd, you know, it's just me, my, myself and I, and you know, I didn't run a fast time. So you got to put yourself in the race that you know there's going to be people around you that's going to help you push you. Yeah. So. That's true. Race before you race. If you have never raced before. Yeah. You know, and you go straight into a 24, 13 mile uh, half marathon, you still could train for it. But you still could say, I never really raced before. I think it would be beneficial to just make something oh, yeah. in before, right? Yeah, definitely. It would, if it's Plus, it's fun. Oh, yeah. You, you want to know how it feels like to race. There's nothing wrong with a 5K. Oh, no, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like making it fun, you know, for the athletes. You know, find a race that you want to do that you feel like it's going to help you. Uh, and Because in the long run, it's just going to be, okay, I know what it feels like to race against other people. Because if you just do all the training, 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 and never race, then come race there, it's like, okay, there's a lot of people... You know, you get antsy, and then you get all the adrenaline kicking, and then you go out so fast that, you know, it hurts you. So I tell my athletes to making sure, find a race that you want to do, and then find a half, if they're training for a marathon, then I have them do a half marathon, maybe five or six weeks, even possibly seven weeks out. Right. So then I can find out, okay, this is where you are fitness-wise. I can increase the paces because of the time that you ran, you know, in your half. Then... If they want to run a 5K or even a road mile or a 10K, then I tell them, okay, this is good because then it gets the legs turning over. You get that atmosphere of, you know, running against other people and come race day, you really know what all that feels like. That's a really cool thing. I know you're looking at that. Uh, We probably do not agree on that. And uh, I tell you, because I'm coming from a different background, right? Mm -hmm. But again, I specialize in body mechanics. Now, the more you run, the better you get. I think so. The okay. more consistent you run, the better you will get. Right. My take on that one is I do agree to some extent, mm-hmm. but my, if there's certain muscle groups, especially in, in your core area where your movement starts, they're just notoriously overactive. Mm-hmm. They will always hold you back. and you just, It's impossible to have 100% performance. Yeah. 
<laughs> so if you have somebody work with you and open up those areas and actually that your muscle synergy is more pronounced, it's gonna change your stride, mm -hmm. it's gonna change your speed and it's gonna change everything. Yeah. Well, it depends what you're training for too, I think. Right. So, um, and it depends on the person. You know, if it's someone, you know, uh, who's in the older years, then you got to be careful with how much you train them. And that's why a good coach would find out, okay, you could only handle four days a week, you know, but you got to have those intense workouts where they could handle to a certain extent, you know, versus someone who's new, okay, start them off, you know, if they've never done it, I typically do like three times a week. And then from there, okay, how much are you willing to, to go? And then really finding out what works for them. So, so then that kind of, uh, we somehow agreed. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, I'm, there's coming, I'm just coming from a different, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's to a certain here. extent. Yeah. yeah. So, so we will give this a, like a four, one to 10. It will be right in the middle because yeah. it really depends. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, very true. Um, taper and rest. I mean, uh, everybody has different ideas about uh, we just talked about it briefly when mm -hmm. uh, the way you treat your or the way you teach your students. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a uh, taper uh, after about uh, talk about a marathon three weeks before? Uh, two or three weeks two before. Or three weeks it before, depends right. on the athlete. You know, um, sometimes they do two, sometimes I do three. Uh, depends on how long they've done the, the training and then. If it's their first time, I typically do two and then see how they feel. And then once they've experienced the training cycles over and over, then I, the longer they get. The... Do you uh, recommend active resting or you just tell them, just, just rest? No, I tell them, you know, if it's their day off, you know, and they have a hot yoga class or a spin cycle class that they want to do, <clears throat> go for it. You know, I don't want to take anything away from them and making sure that, you know, you do what you want. You know, this is your life. This is your fun. But when it comes to race time, you know, or workout, you be, be ready. You know, don't do anything that's going to hurt you in the long run for for your workouts. But I don't take anything away from them if they want to do uh, a yoga class or or even just enjoy the, the beach run. You know, yeah, go for it. I tell them go. <laughs> when we Have talk fun. when we talk about enjoying a beach run, sometimes you can enjoy your surroundings. And uh, there's one big uh, uh topic here when uh, a lot of people are listening to music while they run especially when you run by yourself yeah you know uh it really depends on you mm -hmm. i function better if i listen to music uh, especially music that kind of uh, gets me going uh, yeah. like in my case it's uh, like uh, kind of more the angry type like heavy metal <laughs> yeah you know yeah. Uh, say, say what you want it works for me because yeah. i just mm -hmm. like start uh, you know if i would take off my headphones and i look how beautiful the beach is wherever i'm running I, I slow down. Mm -hmm. I think it's normal. Yeah. So it, again, that depends on the, the person, right? Yeah. But uh, as a pro runner, what would you give the, the the regular person out there listening worldwide who's by themselves and can never join a club? What would you tell them? Better to run with music or without music? Well, there's to a certain extent. You yeah. Know, uh, once you get into the, you know, the, the elites and the pros, then you're not allowed to wear music. Right. So... Um, but if you know you're doing your recovery run on your own or your your long run on your own and you want music go for it but mm -hmm. when it comes to race time at least for the elites and pros you can't wear music so. and then you should definitely train that way as well if you want to get to the front right yeah. so that mm -hmm. yeah i never personally ran with music 
uh, even right. in high you think school. it's easier for you to get into the zone without music yeah I mean I've ran with music for long runs and I've noticed that I I do go a lot faster when it's supposed to be at a certain pace and uh -huh. I'm just like okay I, yeah I'm doing more damage to myself than Got actually it. helping myself yeah that makes a lot of sense again nobody's the same right There's yeah. so many yeah do you have a uh, did we talk about uh, how to contact you in LA for for your coaching uh, I gave out my email you gave or out you the can email? Instagram me at coach Arcos yeah and then our running lobos are just at run at run lo running lobos if so. you're lucky enough to be close to uh, to this area you know in the LA area that you know I definitely would check that out if you have a, a huge goal to maybe qualify for something big you know a lot of people have a Boston qualifier oh, you yeah. know, and everybody mm -hmm. talks about that so I think it helps so uh, you know reach out and uh, it's 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 worth it's well worth the money that's the way I see it yeah. you know yeah. and it, it shows your shortcuts yeah and right yeah don't don't feel intimidated don't feel like don't hesitate to reach out you know I'm here for you guys and this is something that I love to do I have a passion for and it, it goes a long way if you ask a question because if you don't ask it then you'll never get the answer yeah well said and not only does he know what he's talking about, he's super fast, you know. And uh, that, to me, is always proof that he's not only talking about it, he's actually showing it. It's like, wow, mm -hmm. that's it, you know. Uh, thank you so much for coming, Raul. And uh, I hope we get to continue this. There's so many other topics that are coming up, uh, running-related. And, uh, yeah, let's make a difference. Yes, let's make one. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fit Facts. And remember, if it doesn't make sense, ask questions.